Amen. Turn with me, please, to the book of Acts. Acts, over in the New Testament, book of Acts, chapter number 18. Acts 18, when you find your place, we'll stand. Acts chapter number 18. We'll begin reading in verse number 24. If you're there, say amen. amen. A certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them, and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly." And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who when he was come helped them much, which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly, showing by the scriptures that Christ, that Jesus rather, was Christ. Lord, I pray that you'd help us now as we <clears throat> turn our hearts and our attentions to the scripture. I pray that you'd open our understanding and allow me to be able to Expound the scripture in a way, Lord, that will challenge your people. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for saying you can be seated. I've been studying about this, this, this character, Apollos. He's mentioned several times in the book of Acts and over in uh, Corinthians. Paul referred to him a couple other places. His name pops up. Don't know a whole, whole lot about him <laughs> other than what's given here in our scripture. He was a Jew. He was born in Alexandria and... Uh, he came to Ephesus and began to just look at some of his character traits and some of his qualities. He had uh, quite a few uh, very commendable qualities. And uh, if you want to write down this outline, you can. We notice in uh, verse number 24, the Bible says he was eloquent as a speaker. Something that I'm not uh, too familiar with, but I envy somebody that is. Uh, Apostle Paul said the opposite, said I'm not. Not eloquent, not, uh, not very, of course Moses said the same thing, didn't he? But the Bible tells us that Apollos was an eloquent man. He had uh, the ability to communicate. He had the ability to be able to stand and speak and influence people with his words. And um, well, there's a need for that. Eloquent as a speaker. And the Bible goes on and tells us, secondly, he was exceptional in the scriptures. Look at what it says in verse 24, mighty in the scriptures. Boy, I'd like to have a church full of people fit that bill. Amen. Mighty in the scriptures. He, he, uh, he knew how to open the scriptures, knew how to, to study, knew how to uh, get a point across. Uh, obviously, he's referring to the Old Testament as the New Testament had not yet been given to them. But to be able to take the Old Testament, open it up as a Jew, and to be able to expound the scripture was a wonderful trait. He was exceptional in the scriptures. Thirdly, we see he was uh, educated about spiritual things. The Bible says he was instructed, verse 25, in the way of the Lord. Somewhere along the way he had heard. Somewhere along the way he had been taught. Somewhere along the way he had met someone, told him some things about the way of the Lord. And he was, uh, he was uh, instructed in that way. By the way, that's an ongoing process. That's kind of what this message is about here in just a minute. But he was educated about spiritual things, instructed 
in the way of God. There's a lot of people spend a lot of time studying a lot of things. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, but you never can go wrong studying the way of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I encourage you to do that. Then we see he was energetic in his spirit. The Bible tells us in verse number 25, he was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit. This man was a passionate man, a zealous man. He was a, a, a excited, energetic in his, uh, in his uh, in involvement in the things of God. Of course, I'd always uh, like to see more of that. A lot of times it seems like God's people are guilty of being excited about all the wrong things and don't get excited about the things of God. Uh, my daddy used to say it all the time when he was preaching. He said, you go to a ball game, act like a Comanche Indian and go to church and act like a wooden Indian. And I've seen a lot of people get excited about everything under the sun and they go to church Seems like they just die and they just get all, they got to get, just become a deadhead. I like this Apollos guy. He was fervent in spirit. That's wonderful. And we need more fervency in our spirit when it comes to things of God. That word fervent means hot. Amen. Hot. But we see he was energetic in his spirit. And you find in verse number 26, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. I like this guy. He's got a lot of great qualities. He's eloquent. He, he's, he's mighty in the scriptures. He's been instructed in the way of the Lord. He's fervent in spirit. And Aquila Priscilla finds him. He's speaking boldly in the synagogue. A lot of great qualities about this man. But he had a quality that I like more than any of these. And that's what I want to preach on tonight for a little bit. I want to preach on the treasure of a teachable spirit. The treasure of a teachable spirit all these things that we just mentioned are all great qualities, being eloquent and, and being uh, uh, mighty in the scriptures. And boy, we need a church full of people like that, don't we? Mighty in the scriptures. Know your Bible, learn your Bible, study your Bible, know what you believe, and why you believe it. Be ready always to give an answer to every man of the hope that lieth within you. And there's nothing spiritual about being a dummy. There's nothing spiritual about not knowing anything about what God said. He gave us his word. He gave us the Holy Spirit. The one that authored the scriptures lives within us. And we have no excuse for not knowing and understanding scripture. We was, but I mean, and all these things that we mentioned, he was uh, fervent in his spirit, bold in his witness in the synagogues, all these positive qualities. The Bible tells us that there was a, a, a one thing that he was limited in his understanding and knowledge of New Testament church uh, doctrine. He was, he was knowledgeable. The Bible says in verse number 12 that knowing only the baptism of John. That's what the Bible says, knowing only the baptism of John. By the way, this is the John the Baptist we're talking about. And the one that Jesus asked to baptize him. The one God handpicked to be the forerunner for Jesus Christ. The one that Jesus described as there's none greater born of woman than John the Baptist. That John the Baptist. You know, Paulus could have gotten indignant and defensive when he was confronted about his limited knowledge. But the Bible says in verse number 25, knowing only the baptism of John. Verse 26, and he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expanded unto him the way of God more perfectly. It goes without saying that he had a teachable spirit in order for that to happen. And I was just, as I was studying this Friday and yesterday, 
realize that it is a trait and a quality that each and every one of us ought to make sure we have. A teachable spirit. Apollos could have gotten indignant. He could have gotten defensive. He could have bristled with anger when he was confronted by Aquila and Priscilla. When they said, uh, sir, we, we heard you preach. Very eloquent, very knowledgeable in the scriptures. And man, we appreciate you having the boldness to stand up in the synagogue. But we could tell, listening to you, there were some things you hadn't heard about. We'd like to sit down with you and see if we can't help you out with that. For Apollos to be able to submit, for Apollos to yield to these two complete strangers and allow them to, as our Bible says, expound unto him the way of God more perfectly speaks a lot of his character. I can say as a pastor, sometimes it's not easy confronting somebody. There's not really an easy way to tell somebody they're wrong. (laughs) And I don't like doing that. Just like I don't like being told I'm wrong even when I know I'm wrong. That's just how we're made. But Apollos had a teachable spirit. And I think that that was one of his greatest qualities in these verses. The one trait really probably that was greater than all of his other qualities combined. And I definitely can say this. The one trait that made all of his other qualities really do what God wanted it to do. Him not having a teacher spirit would have severely limited him. We got people today that do not have enough spirituality to realize that they don't know everything. The day you realize you don't know everything and you're okay with everybody knowing you don't know everything, it'd be a good day in your life. God sent Apollos to people that could expound unto him the way of God more perfectly. The Bible tells us he was already, in verse 25, instructed in the way of the Lord, but they wanted to expound it more perfectly. And I can't help but believe Aquila and Priscilla were perfectly suited for this. We get little tidbits of information about Aquila and Priscilla, a husband and a wife team of Christians that were no doubt saved under the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Paul lived with them a while. They were tent makers by trade. The Bible tells us a few things about Aquila and Priscilla that gives us an idea that they were the right person, the right people for God to put in Apollos' life to help him. Notice that they also had a passion. They also had a fervency. We know from 1 Corinthians chapter number 16 and verse number 19 that Aquila and Priscilla, the Bible says, they salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. You get pretty good insight into the level of commitment and passion and zeal Aquila and Priscilla had for them to be willing to house a church in their house. Some of you cannot imagine how much work that involves, having church at your house. I grew up on the mission field with my parents, so I've had the opportunity several times to get an idea of what that looks like. You don't get to sleep in on Sunday morning when church is at your house. You have to get up, you have to get everything set up, set out all the chairs and all the stuff and get it all ready. And you have to be the first one there, the last one to leave. You've got to clean up after everybody leaves. It, it, it says a lot about a person's passion for the ministry and for the church and for God, for them to have a church in their house. I would thought I'd have church at y'all's house Sunday morning. Huh? Some of you ladies are like, oh man, I don't have to dust. <laughs> yeah, you might. 
I'm just trying to be funny. You don't have to laugh if you don't want to. You get a lot of insight about Aquila and Priscilla and their passion and character. And God allowed these two people to be in the synagogue and hear Apollos. Now, we could, we could spend hours speculating about what he knew and didn't know, what, what his limitations were. The Bible's pretty vague. It just says he knew only the baptism of John. Let's put it this way. Let's put it in 2022 vernacular. He was way behind the eight ball. There had been a whole lot of water under the bridge that he wasn't up to speed on. As a matter of fact, when you get over to the next chapter, chapter number 19, Paul, uh, when he came through, came to Ephesus, he found certain disciples in verse two. He asked them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we've not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And they, he said unto them, under them, what were you baptized? They said, under John's baptism. Again, we find 12 men that say, hey, we were baptized by the same one baptized Jesus Christ. We got it going on. Paul said, um, there's been some things happen since then. There's been some things transpired since John the Baptist. We need to rebaptize y'all. And that's exactly what he did. And they allowed themselves to be rebaptized after having been baptized by John the Baptist. I assume the baptism of John is what they referred to. Point being, they, we don't know exactly what all of Apollos' uh, uh, limitations were. We just do know this. He didn't know everything he needed to know, but he was willing to be taught. Can we settle on that? And it's just amazing to me that Aquila and Priscilla, when they heard him in verse number 26, we don't know what they heard, but they heard enough to know that his knowledge of truth was limited. It was evident in his preaching that he wasn't 100% up to speed with all that had transpired. And they, when they saw him, they saw a young man that had potential, that had natural talents and abilities. They saw someone that had a fervent spirit, saw someone that had been able to mildly handle the scriptures. And yet they saw that there was an opportunity for him to be taught more perfectly in the way of God. One thing I love about Aquila and Priscilla is that they took the initiative to invest in Apollos. Because a lot of people see somebody else with a need and don't take an active role in helping them with that need. But Aquila and Priscilla did. And what a blessing it was that they did. Now I can honestly say I've invested in people before and it didn't seem to pay off. That's between them and God. There's been a few people I invested in. I'm really glad I did. I'm sure there was times when the men that invested in me scratched their head and wondered if they was wasting their time, but I'm glad they did too. Amen. Sometimes when I preach to these young people, I wonder, what are they thinking about? Because when you look at teenagers, they're just like, I'm a dummy, I'm a dummy, I'm a dummy. The look on their face is real exciting. But you just keep pouring it, you just keep pouring it, you just keep pouring it, you keep pouring it, and hope one day it's, it's uh, they're smiling, so y'all must be listening. You're hoping that the day comes when they, it all starts making sense. But I'm glad Aquila and Priscilla invested in Apollos. The Bible says they expanded unto him the way of God more perfectly. That word means more, means more complete. The whole story, the updated and current events. More precise, more exact. And the thing that I wanted to preach about tonight was the fact that Apollos had a teachable spirit. And what a blessing it is that he did. 
So why would I say tonight that having a teachable spirit is a treasure? Let me give you four, three or four reasons tonight why it's a treasure. Number one, it's a treasure because of the humility that it portrays. You have to have a level of humility to be teachable. Someone said the only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing. Well, ain't that the truth? Insecurity compounds ignorance. Let me say that again. Insecurity compounds ignorance. A lot of times people don't ask questions because they're afraid of looking like a dummy. Or if you'll ask the question and get the answer, if you were a dummy, you won't be anymore. Sometimes you have to look, you have to make yourself vulnerable in order to, to learn. I remember when I was in school, I seemed like I was the only one ever raising my hand asking questions. Teachers say, anybody got a question? Oh, I always had a question. Nobody else ever had any questions. I was like, either I'm a dummy or I'm the only one in here who wants to learn. One of the two. I think it was a little bit of both. Maybe they understood it. I didn't. But I wasn't satisfied walking out of the class not understanding the lesson. We got people today that won't ask directions. They get lost. They won't ask directions. I stop and ask directions. I hate, I hate being lost. I hate driving up the road not knowing where I'm at. I'll stop and ask somebody. First question I say, is you from around here? Are you from around here? That's the first question you have to ask. Are you from around here? If they say, yeah. I say, how do you get to so-and-so? I don't like driving up and down the road not knowing where I'm going. But it takes humility to have a teachable spirit. It takes humility. Pride causes people to miss valuable truths and concepts. Do you know how much humility it took with someone of Apollos' skill set to be told he was wrong? Do you know how much humility he had to have for two strangers to walk up to him after the service and shake his hand? Say, Brother Apollos, it was great to hear you today. We'd like to invite you over to the house. We could tell when we were listening to you preach, there are some things you don't know. And we'd like to help you with that. I got to assume that's kind of how it went down. Do you know how much humility it would take to say, sure, I appreciate that. We need Christians like that today. Preconceived ideas are the enemy of knowledge. I saw a quote this week that really stuck in my mind. Here's what it says. You ready? People learn something every day. And a lot of times, it's that what they learned the day before was wrong. It's a process. You hear something, you learn something, and then you later you find out more, you find out you get more light on it. Holy Spirit's real good at shedding light on things. But he only sheds light on people that are hungry for the truth. And so we see the unwillingness to change when confronted with truth is really just a pride problem. One man said, I've never learned from a man who agreed with me. We like our comfort zone because we don't like to be challenged. Yeah. Pharisees mocked anybody that said something they didn't believe or agree with. Pharisees had so much pride you couldn't teach them anything. In fact, Jesus made the statement in Luke 16, in verse 14, the Pharisees also who were covetous heard all these things and they derided him. And he said unto them, ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Spend all your time justifying yourself before everybody and you're wrong. 
You're wrong. You place a high premium on things that is an abomination to God. But they weren't teachable. He called them the blind, leading the blind. They both fall into the ditch. We see that it's a treasure because of the humility that it portrays. Number two, it's a treasure because of the hunger that it proves. When a person is hungrier for truth than they are for recognition, they're in a good place to learn. Robert E. Lee said the education of a man is never completed until he dies. I want to keep learning. I want to keep growing. I want to keep even taking everything that I have heard and learned up to this point and keep double checking it in the light of God's word and make sure that what I have taught, been taught and what I have learned up to this point is right. Amen. Now, Apostle Paul talking to Timothy, he said, he said, uh, Continue down the things which thou hast heard and learned and, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. There's a lot of things that I have been taught. Stay with me now. There's a lot of things that I have been taught by people that I respected that it turned out they were wrong. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Because the best of men are men at best. Right. They didn't mean to be wrong. They weren't trying to mislead me. They were very sincere. And you could sit down and talk to them and they would take the Bible and from the Bible do their best to prove their point. But many times when you go back and you study for yourself, you realize, okay, maybe they, they didn't see this part of this verse or whatever. And when I, when I, when I graduated from Bible uh, college and I went to South Africa as a missionary, I, I found out when I got to Africa that I didn't know anything. <laughs> I mean... I was actually aggravated that they let me go, as dumb as I was. I got over there and people began to ask me questions that I had never been asked before. People began to come to me with problems that I had never been presented with before, and I didn't know the answers. And I didn't pick the phone up and call my dad or my pastor and say, hey, somebody asked me this, what should I tell them? I didn't know any better, I just got in the Bible. There were many, many nights I didn't sleep. I tell my wife, you go to bed. I got to get, I got to figure this out. Me and God, we got, Lord's got to help me with this. People would ask me questions and it literally rattled me all the way down to my foundation. And I grew up in solid, independent Baptist churches with good preachers. In fact, the best preachers that's ever preached as far as I'm concerned. I grew up listening to these men. But when you got three or four great men of God that disagree on a subject, well, they can't all be wrong and they can't all be right. And I just believe that let God be true and every man a liar. And I began to study the Bible and I realized that a lot of things I'd been taught, maybe you had a little bit of a slant to it. Maybe you had a little bit of a, a, a is somebody okay with me, me preaching this? Because I don't want you I don't want you to be a select copy paste disciple. The Apostle Paul commended them in Berea. They were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they went home and searched the scripture whether those things were so that the Apostle Paul preached. 
Now he commended the Thessalonians. He said, when I came unto you, you received the message, not as it is the message and the word from man, but you received the message as it were the word of God, which is wonderful. We're supposed to receive the word with all readiness of mind, but not to the point to where we don't make sure that that's what the Bible says. All I'm saying is having a teachable spirit. You say, well, I, I, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, the people I've looked up to, they don't see it that way. Well, they may be nice people, but there's a possibility they could be wrong. I'm just saying. The hunger, we should desire to know God better. We should desire to know his word better. And I asked my wife this question. I lay in the bed last night. I said, why did the apostle Paul near the end of his ministry say that I may know him? He didn't say that I may know him better. He already knew him. That I may know him and the fellowship of his suffering and the power of his resurrection. He already knew God. He didn't say that I may know him better. He said that I may know him. Because I can't help but believe the older the apostle Paul got, the more he realized how little he really knew about God. Which is what I was talking about this morning. There's no way in the world you and I could ever get our head wrapped around God. There's no way. There's no way. What we know about God is only a small, minuscule sliver of who he really is. Anybody that's happy with what they know about God just doesn't realize how little they know about God. And anybody that's happy with their level of knowledge of the scripture just doesn't realize how much of it they don't know. Come on now. Paul said that I may know him. This is a man that wrote most of the New Testament. That I may know him. But Paul, you do know him. No, I don't know him. Not like I want to. Not like I want to. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, I think that's what he was longing for. That one-on-one personal interaction, that intimacy, no barriers, no human, no human limitations. Only a fool, if somebody came to you and said, I heard you preach a message, I heard you talking, heard you, heard you talking about the things of God, could I take my Bible and maybe show you some things that would maybe make a little bit more sense? And make, only a fool would say, no, I'm not interested in that. We see the hunger that it proves. We should all have a hunger to know his word better. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. That should be our passion. Make sure we rightly divide the word of truth. Not just yank verses out of context to prop up our preconceived ideas. Make sure that we're balanced. Make sure it's biblical. The Bible's clear, a sign of wisdom is having the right attitude toward learning and knowledge. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is an amazing book, full of wisdom, instruction. Here's how Proverbs chapter 1 starts out. Listen carefully. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb and the interpretation 
and the words of the wise and their dark sayings. That's how the book of Proverbs starts out. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. You young people, you ought to be asking questions constantly. Constantly asking questions of people older and wiser than you. Not of your peers. Older and wiser. You ought to have a list of questions. When I started my own business, I, 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 I talked to every entrepreneur and businessman, Christian businessman that I could find to get wisdom from them. I look back now and there's so many things that I wasn't told and wasn't taught that I wished I, I had known. But I, I operated with what, what I had. A lot, a lot of people when I, where I was at didn't, didn't work for their sale. They had a regular job. So when I wanted counsel or advice, I was limited in where I could get instruction. I remember when I came off the mission field. Well, by the way, when I went to the mission field, you want to talk about being thrown off in the deep end of the pool. I went over there. I thought, man, I, I want to be the next David, David Livingston. I got over there. I was like, man, I ain't worthy to wash that man's shirt. You're talking about overwhelmed. You know what I did? I got on the phone with veteran missionaries and said, would you help me? I had veteran missionaries come to Africa and I sat there for hours and hours. My wife will tell you, hours with veteran missionaries. I said, help me. I got a passion to reach this city, but I don't know what I'm doing. Could you help me? I'll never forget the third day we were sitting there under the trees talking. The missionary said, uh, Stacy, shouldn't you be writing this down? All this stuff, because I was just like hammering him with questions, questions and questions and questions. He was throwing stuff back and forth, and we were just, I mean, going at it, talking shop for hours. He said, shouldn't you be writing this down? I said, are you kidding me? I've been losing sleep at night over this stuff. I'm not going to forget it. Just keep talking. I'm listening. I'm a, I'm a sponge. I'm soaking it up. Just keep talking to me. Help me. I want to reach, I want to be an effective missionary. I came off the mission field, took the church in South Carolina, small little Christian school, small little staff. I never had had a staff before. I didn't know what to do. You know what I started doing? Going to leadership conferences. And I started reading leadership manuals. And I started trying to figure out how to be a better leader. How to pastor a staff. I came here. Much bigger church, much bigger staff. I didn't walk in here going, I got this. And I was like, I need help. I need God. I need to grow. I need to learn. And I look around at people and they act like they know it all. And I'm like, how does it feel to walk around thinking you know it all? How does that feel? Because I can't relate to that. I've got a desire to know more. I'm doing a soul winning class. I'm teaching a soul winning class next Sunday and I will read two soul winning books before Sunday. I don't know it all. I said that this morning. I know some of y'all go get to the point where you're like, my poor preacher, he don't know anything. You're, you're right, I don't. But I want to. And I want to study and I want to learn because I have a hunger to know God. The problem is a lot of people are not hanging around other hungry people. I'm glad I've got friends on speed dial that when I want to know something and when I've got a question about the Bible or i got a question about the ministry, instead of standing around for hours wringing my hands, I can call. The Bible says there's safety in the multitude of counselors. And for what it's worth, they call me and ask me for my advice about as much as I call them and ask them for theirs. 
My point being that this man, young man right here, demonstrated a hunger and a passion for truth that caused him to be receptive and have a teachable spirit. That's what I'm trying to say. Many people fear the truth because it jeopardizes what they know. Can I give you that one again? Many people fear the truth because it jeopardizes what they know. You're really insecure if you can't handle truth. Number three, we see it was a treasure because of the honor that it produced. There's a verse in here that shows me that having a teachable spirit will result in being honored and respected. Look at verse number 27. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. What about that? A letter of recommendation. Because of his willingness to learn and grow, the church was able to recommend him. He received a letter of recommendation from the brethren because he had character to be taught. Many people want to be used in ministry, but they're not teachable. Come on now. The Bible says lay hands suddenly on no man. I mean, don't, don't, don't approve and, and sanction and, 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 and uh, put somebody in a position of leadership too soon. Make sure they can handle it. Well, how are you going to make sure they can handle it? Well, one really good sign is if they have a teachable spirit. Look at our church made up of people from every possible walk of life, every background imaginable. I've sat in my library for hours and listened to many of you tell me your life story and your testimony, and it is absolutely fascinating how God has put together a hodgepodge. (laughs) I mean, a group of people. It's unreal how that he just put us all in this one place. And I hear testimonies and hear where they came from and your family upbringing and your schooling and your, your career and your church background and, and, and what you was taught and where you came from and then God brought you here. It's fascinating to me. And one of the things that I stress before a person joins is please read our doctrinal statement. I want to make sure we're on the same page with doctrine. That has to happen before a person can join. And it's it's a very big blessing to me for people to come to our church and be willing to be rebaptized. I'll never forget a few years ago, we had a retired Methodist pastor, a retired Methodist pastor and his wife came to our church. This is where we want to be. This is where we believe God wants us to be. Been preaching 30-something years. I said, well, boy, and my stomach was knotting up. These people were so sweet. These people were so sweet. My stomach was knotting up. Oh, man. I said, well, to join, to join our church, we really need you to be rebaptized. Oh, we know that. It's not a big problem. That's my goodness. That old white-headed preacher, Brother Sasser, Getting up in that baptistry and getting rebaptized. 
showing that submission and that humility and that teachable spirit. He will never know. He's gone on to be with the Lord now. I'll preach his funeral. Never know what a blessing it was to me to see that old man. Said, hey, not too late to get it right. Come on now. Teachable spirit, the honor that it produced. They were able to write a letter of recommendation. And you can say what you want to, but I do not for one second believe the brethren would have written that letter of recommendation if he had not been teachable. If Aquila and Priscilla had pulled Apollos off to the side and said, brother, appreciate your fire and your zeal and your fervency. You got a lot going for you. There's some things we need to work on, some things we need to get, we need to get some, some things worked out. And if he'd have said, forget that. I know exactly who I am. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't know you. I don't know who you are. That church wouldn't have been able to sanction him. That church wouldn't have been able to put their hands on him. That church wouldn't have been able to send a letter of recommendation out with an attitude like that. But because he had a teachable spirit, he was able to be honored with that recommendation. A lot of people want God to open doors, but they don't have an open mind. Just saying. And you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. But the minute you find out you don't know it, just admit you don't know it and learn it. Yeah. Don't punish yourself, beat yourself up going, I'm a dummy. You didn't know because nobody told you. We got people been in church their whole life, don't know a lot of things. It's because they never had the privilege to sit under a preacher that preached the whole counsel of God. But don't, once you're confronted with truth and once God sheds light and because and once God opens up the scripture, thank God for it and take it and embrace it and go forward. Number four, write this down. It's a treasure, teachable spiritual treasure because of the help that it perpetuates. Look at what happened in verse 27. The brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him who when he was come, he helped them. Much which I believe through grace. Because Apollos had a teachable spirit, notice what happened as a result. Many other people got help because Apollos allowed himself to get help. Are y'all seeing this? God opened the door for him to go to other groups of Christians in Achaia. When he got there, God allowed him to be a help. The Bible said he helped them much. I wonder how many people you and I would be able to help if we would allow somebody to help us. The minute we throw up a flag and go, as far as I'm going, as far as I'm going to know, this is, this is different, this is foreign from anything I've ever seen or heard. And how many times have I heard that? How many times has somebody walked in the doors of this church and said, I ain't never seen anything like this in my life? Well, amen, I'm excited for you. And I'm happy that you're here. But just because it's new to you don't mean it's new. Amen. And if you're not careful, you'll have all these preconceived ideas about what's supposed to happen and what is and, and what truth is. And when God shows you the truth, you won't receive it because you're blocking it. All these preconceived ideas. Because, because Apollos allowed somebody to help him, God opened the door for him to help others. What a blessing it is. I look back over my ministry and I have a lot of, I don't want to use the word regrets, but that's probably the best word. I got a lot of, if I could go back and do some things, I'd do it different. Let me put it that way. Anybody else relate that you wish you could go back 
and do what you did when you were younger with the wisdom you got now? I love, my wife and I have talked about how awesome it would be to go be a missionary in Africa knowing what we know now, but that's not how it works. You don't talk about the school of hard knocks, buddy. Africa was the school of hard knocks. Both of us, second generation, growing up in a preacher's home, pastor's home, got to Africa, I was like, my word, another level of challenges. What do they say, new levels, new devils? Is that what they say? But one thing, one thing I can honestly say that as far as I know, I have not been guilty of, and that is having such a stubborn streak that I didn't allow people that knew more than me teach and influence and help and coach me in areas where I didn't know. And I just wish that every one of us could have a teachable spirit. I mean, being so secure, I, don't, I hate to use that word secure, but insecurity is one of my pet peeves. We live in such an insecure society. People are so insecure. You can't have a conversation with them. They get defensive immediately. It's like, just chill out a minute. Just time out. Maybe God's wanting to show you something. Not, not belittling, not, not condescending, just helping you grow. And having a teachable spirit. And of all the qualities that Apollos had, his teachable spirit, I think, was one of the greatest I've got this in my notes. There's no room in the ministry for know-it-alls. Be teachable. Be teachable. Let God help you find... If you'll be teachable, God will let you help other people that are teachable. I believe that with all my heart. Have a teachable spirit. It's a priceless treasure. Never stop growing. Never stop learning. Never stop asking questions. Keep studying your, your Bible. Keep seeking the face of God. Ask God to help you be... A, a, a receptive and a willing student of the things of God with heads bowed and eyes closed. I wonder tonight as the musicians are playing, maybe there's a spot in the altar where you need to come. Maybe you've not been as excited about learning more. This discipleship program on Wednesday night has been phenomenal. I have been completely blown away by how many of our church people have embraced the opportunity to just be refreshed and and study even things maybe that they already know, but just to be reminded of them. It's been such a blessing to me, but maybe tonight God just spoke to you in a special way about having a teachable spirit.